Well, guys, let me share a verse, and I'm going to pray, and we can release the band. John 19, verse 30, the beloved disciple, John wrote about the moment when Jesus was on the cross, when he was just about to die. And it says this, when Jesus had tasted it, talking about some sour wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let's pray together, both locations. Lord, right now we just welcome your precious presence into this room. We love you, Holy Spirit. And we ask right now as we open the Word of God, we're not here just to tick a box or for religious duty. We are here to hear your voice, Lord Jesus. And we open our heart over these next 30 minutes together. And I ask as I uh, preach here today, let people not hear my words. Let them hear the voice of God. In the name of Jesus, everyone said amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, band. Thank you, band in Melbourne. So good. Well, guys, I am wondering, have you ever locked yourself out of somewhere you needed to be? Have you ever locked yourself, you know, out of your house, maybe? You go to go home and you're like, where are the keys? Or I've done all of the above. Maybe your car and, and you go to you open your car and you can see your keys in there and you're locked out. And because you're a Christian, you don't swear, but you get as close to swearing as the Bible allows us, right? You know, oh, flipping heck and flip floppity bappers. I don't know. I, I, I come up with everything you can imagine that's uh, uh, flippity flaps. But anyway... Is there much more frustrating in life than getting locked out of somewhere you need? And it always happens when you're in a rush to be somewhere. And, and you always, oh, it's just the worst thing. Well, I remember, for me, I had a moment where I got locked out of a room. But this was more embarrassing than just getting locked out of a car or getting locked out of your own house. I want to share with you the second greatest love story of my life. Do you, do you just remember, maybe for those married or, you know, those dating, do you remember falling in love at first sight? Like when you first see that person and you get that flutter in your heart and you get that, you get that feeling that you just love is building in the air. Well, I had a moment like that as a young man uh, when I first saw Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You thought I was talking about Ebony. No, I said the second greatest love story of my life. I remember when I saw The Rock for the first time, I thought he was the coolest person in the world. Give me a wave. Who knows who The Rock is? Surely you do. Surely you do. Like, isn't he just the coolest person ever? Like, he's bald, he's manly, he's macho, he, he has muscles on muscles on muscles. And, and so I remember uh, when I was about 16 or 17, uh, sorry, I was probably 18, actually. At that 18, maybe 19, maybe 20, I don't know. But we... Every male will, and, and, may, and females potentially as well go through a stage where you just want to get muscly and fit to impress people, right? And I was in that stage of life. I was single. I was 19. And I was like looking at the rock. And I'm like, man, I want to look like him tomorrow. Like, come on. I like this guy. And so I remember I went to a supplement store, okay? And I said, all right, 
Guys, you probably sell steroids. I don't want steroids, okay, but I want you to give me everything that's legal that will help me look like this person. And I gave them a signed thing of The Rock. And I said, I want to look like The Rock tomorrow. And so they, I remember, of course, they took advantage of me. I spent like $200 of my hard-earned money on this BCAA and this essential amino acid and this creatine mona and protein shakes. And, and so I remember this day, I was at uni at the time, okay? And I'd just gone to the gym, uh, you know, working out like the rock worked out. I just had taken my protein shake after, my BCAs in the middle, and, and I, was, I was late for university. And so I had to race to university, but on the way to university, I'm having my shake, and I'm drinking this, and I have so much water, like it just wasn't human, if you know what I'm saying. I just drank so much of these new supplements. And I remember I, I get there in a rush, I'm frantic, and at our university, this is on the Sunshine Coast, to get into the lecture room, Melbourne, you had to get out your ID card, and get, you get permission, so you'd put it on the door, beep, and then it would unlock, and you can go to the lecture theatre. Well, this day, in my frantic rush of drinking protein powders and listening to the rock motivational messages, I didn't have my ID card on me. And so luckily, when I got to the room, one of my friends or somebody walked in, and I just snuck with them, all was well, and I just sat down. I'm like, okay, I'm in the lecture room now. I can just breathe. So five minutes in, you know, as we all do at uni, I'm pretending to listen to this lecturer. Uh, I'm just sitting there, you know, pretending to write notes, right? Pretending to listen. And all of a sudden, it hits me that that 10 liters of water I had just drank hit me. If you know, I don't need to go into details, right? But let's just say I needed to go to the bathroom quickly. And I get out of my chair, I leave all my stuff there, and I just walk down. Now, this lecture theater was designed by someone I just want to slap in the face, if I'm honest with you, because the only way in and out is you had to walk down. I'm talking like a 300 people in the room. I had to walk down in front of them all, walk in front of the lecturer who's giving the lecture. I had to walk in front, the walk of shame, and I had to open the door and go to the bathroom. So I do this, right? 300 people looking at me, you know, I'm being cool, like, you know, you are when you're 20. <laughs> hey, walk in front of everyone, and, uh, and I get there, and I'm like, oh no, I don't have my ID card. What am I going to do? Now, Something my dad did a lot of when I was younger is he he, we watched a lot of Bear Grylls. Okay, I had this, this amazing survival instinct in me from all the Bear Grylls video I watched. So I said, what am I going to do? I'm going to improvise. And I'm like, what do I have in my pocket? And I was checking everything. And all I had was my brand new $2,000 iPhone that my parents had just bought for me. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And everyone's looking, and I'm flustered. And I said, I've got an idea. I'm going to open the door a little bit put my brand new $2,000 phone in the door, right, Melbourne? I put my $2,000 brand new phone in the door that my mum had just bought for me, and I'm going to run as fast as I can, like the Rockwood, all the way to the bathroom and run back, and I'm going to be quick, and I'm going to get my phone, and all will be well, and I can finally just sit down here. So I do, I do that. My Bear grill comes out, and I run, I, blah, blah, blah. I run back, and to my absolute horror, my phone wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, oh no, someone's stolen it. My, what am I going to say to my parents? I'm freaking out and, and I don't have my ID card. And I'm like, I have no option here except to knock on the door. And I'm like, knock, knock, knock. And this, I, I've never had such an evil eye from this lecturer. I just death stares me in front of everyone. I'm like, oh, here we are. So he comes over in front of everyone, opens the door, and everybody is laughing. I'm talking 300 people. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, why are they all laughing at me? 
Well, something the stupid university didn't let me know <laughs> when I was inducted was when that one of those doors stays open for longer than a minute, it triggers an alarm to evacuate the lecture theater room. <laughs> and so what had happened, this lecturer giving his lecture and an alarm just goes off. People think they're dying. It's a fire or something. And, and the lecturer goes to the door and some idiot had put their phone in it and he grabs it. And in front of 300 people, he lectures me. He just embarrasses the heck out of me. I am as bright red as a human can get right as I walk up to my seat and I just wanted to die of embarrassment. And it's safe to say I never went to that lecture ever again. I just, whatever grade I got, I did not care. I just wanted to get through. Oh man, this is quite like good just talking about it. I don't need to go to the psychologist anymore. Thank you for listening to my trauma and embarrassing moment. But what did that represent? Well, that ID card, okay, for me, it represented what I would call delegated authority to get into that room. So they, they give you a card and they say, all right, Daniel Frecker, he's a verified student. He can get into this room. He has access. And so for me, uh, on that day, it's not me who has the authority. Dan Frecker can't get into the room. The university gives it to me through that ID card. And when you have it, beep, it lets you in. They're approved. They have authority to get in there. But when you don't have it, no matter how cool you are or who you think you are, you can't get in. And I think that most believers, myself included, do not live fully understanding or living out in the full delegated authority that Jesus Christ has given you and I. And I want to talk today about the good news. Everyone say it again. Good news. Thank you, Melbourne, to the good news of what Jesus Christ did when he died on that cross and what that means for you and for me right now in our life. Recently, I just attending, uh, attended my first wedding as a celebrant. It was amazing. And I, uh, I loved every moment. It was my first time officially uh, being a, a wedding celebrant. And it was actually a beautiful couple in Melbourne. They're not there today. But it was a Rarotongan wedding. Okay, that is the Cook Islands. There was about five Australians and 120 Cook Islanders. It was the most beautiful introduction to their culture. Now, one thing you have to know about the Cook Islanders is they can dance. I'm telling you, they can dance. And they have this tradition, which I think is quite cruel. But if I was them, I'd do the same because it's hilarious. When they're, they're dancing and then out of nowhere, they have to go and get somebody who is not a Cook Islander, bring them in front of everyone and make them dance and try to be a Cook Islander uh, in dancing. And of course, there was five Australian people. I was the first one to get picked. And I was wondering, do you actually want to see a video of me trying to dance like a Cook Islander? Like Melbourne, would you like to see that? I think the team actually have a video. Why don't we have a quick look to, uh, of Dan Frecker dancing at the Rarotongan wedding. Ah, uh, there I am. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, this hurts for me to look at. That is hurting me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Can I get a hand? Come on. I thought that was, like, pretty good, getting those knees clacking. And th thank you, team. Oh, man. I, once again, talking about Dan being bright red, I was bright red in front of 120 people, and they were laughing. But anyway... I sat down this couple uh, the two weeks before they got married, and I said, guys, the wedding is just a moment. 
but it signifies the beginning of a marriage that is forever. The wedding's a moment, the marriage is a lifetime. And I want to talk about it's the same with our faith. When you and I begin a relationship with God, just like Julie shared about here on the Sunshine Coast, and, and you can have that opportunity here today. When we begin a relationship with God, salvation happens in a moment. We are forgiven of our sins like that, justified. Just if I had never sinned, our home in heaven is secured instantly. But transformation in our walk with God happens over a lifetime. And what can happen is we as believers, we can enter that first door or that first room of salvation and and accept the cross of what Jesus did for us for our sin. But then we can get stuck there or complacent there or stay just at the forgiveness of my sin, which yes, of course, was the most important thing Jesus did for us. But there's so much more that Jesus did for us on the cross. And this is just the beginning. We can go on living a life that is defeated and where the enemy has his way, and we'll still get to heaven, we're still forgiven, but Jesus has so much more in store for us to live a victorious life on this earth. I want you right now to picture a house, and that house has many rooms. Jesus says, I am the way, he is the truth, he's the life, he is the door, and we enter into the door where we get forgiven of our sins. But there is so many more rooms in that door. The cross purchased so much more than our sin. We heard those words from Jesus on that cross, John 19, it is finished. When he hung on that cross, sorry, and he breathed his last breath and he said those words. Can I tell you what it represented here this morning? It represented sin is finished. Death is finished. Come on, Melbourne. It represented sickness is finished. Disease is finished. Torment from the enemy is finished. The devil's power over your life and my life is finished. Poverty finished. Generational curses finished. He prophesied it is finished once and for all over your life and my life. His finished work prophesies your freedom and my freedom. When he said it is finished, it was a prophecy over every believer who would believe in Jesus that we are free, not just in the life to come, but in this life right here and now. And that house of many rooms. So I enter and I get forgiven. But then there comes contention around my health. And I'm knocking on that door and I'm saying, God, I'm struggling right now with sickness and disease and there's contention. But just like I had that delegated authority of that card, can I tell you, you and I can knock on that room saying, I need to be healed, God. And you know what? He has given us the authority and we go beep. Because of the finished work of Jesus, we enter in and receive healing. You and I can have a season where, where maybe we come to a moment of needing provision in our life. In this world, we need God to provide. And we can come and say, hey, I am a son of God. And we can go beep and receive the the provision of God. We can come to a moment in our life, which we all do, where the devil or the enemy is just harassing us. He's tormenting us. Our peace has been robbed. And, And we have two choices. We can either put up with that or we can stand up on the inside and say, you know what? Jesus Christ died so that I would have peace. 
heartbeat, I enter that room and I receive all that God has for me. Come on, let's give God a hand if you're thankful for what he did on that cross. The finished work of Jesus has given us authority. Authority. God's will has never changed. He is still a healer. He is still a deliverer. He is still a provider. So I want to ask us all a question here today. Is there an area in your life right now that doesn't align with the authority that Jesus has given you? Sitting there in Melbourne today or in online, where in your life right now do you need the delegated authority of Jesus to set you free? Is it in your health? Is it in your finances? Maybe do you have a prodigal who's far from God? Is it, is it uh, over your mental health, your emotional health? Where is that for you? And I want you to pinpoint an area where you need Jesus to come through. Where does this authority come from? Well, the Bible talks about this incredible uh, concept called we are in Christ. I want everyone to say that. Say, I am in Christ. Christ abides in us. The Bible says it over and over again. I am in Christ. I have been crucified in Christ. I am seated with Christ. I abide in Christ and Christ abides in me. I am hidden in Christ. I am clothed in Christ. And we have to understand that Jesus Christ has all authority over all of heaven and earth. But check this scripture out in Luke 10, verse 19. Melbourne, this will blow your mind. It says, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I have given you all authority. Everyone say authority. To trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. That verse has so much power in it if we understand. Jesus Christ, who has all authority, has then given you and I as believers authority, his authority, to overcome all the power of the enemy. I want you to think right now of a policeman. And imagine a big semi-trailer truck. Some big truckies in there, speeding, just going too fast, flying down the highway, a danger to everyone. And out of nowhere, this truck's flying by. And a, and a policeman comes out in their uniform and gets in front of that truck and he sees the policeman from a while away and he says, stop. And that, I don't know about you, but that truck driver, unless they're absolutely crazy, will most likely stop because that policeman has that uniform which represents the authority, the legal right to talk to that policeman and then the power to arrest them or punish them. But imagine if that same policeman didn't have their uniform on. He just had his rock the Dwayne Johnson t-shirt on. And he rocks up and he's like, I'm powerful, I'm strong. And he says, stop. And you know, let's just say it probably turns into a pancake situation. Why? What was the difference? It's the same person. But that uniform represents the authority that they have. Galatians 3:26, verse 27 says this. So in Christ Jesus, there's that theme again, you're in Christ. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. Why don't you say that? Say clothed. We have clothed ourselves in Christ. And just like in the morning when we get up and we put a t-shirt on 
Every morning as believers, you and I can wake up, we can go to that place of prayer, we can read the Bible, get the armor of God on us, and we can clothe ourselves in Christ. And then every single situation you and I ever face in this life, we ever come against, we have been clothed in Christ, we have His authority. And this tell, I, I love this, that when you and I are warfaring against the devil, it's not the devil versus us. It is the devil versus Jesus Christ in us. And that is good news, because I, can I tell you, friend, if Jesus Christ is for us, we have already won every battle. We will overcome. We will beat every sickness. We can have healing in our body. We can get freedom from whatever the enemy's throwing at us. Why? Not because of me, Christ in me. And he is the greatest authority. And I prophesy right now over every battle you're facing, here on the Sunshine Coast, in Melbourne online, you will overcome because Jesus Christ has given you authority. Romans 8.37, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. You have overwhelming victory through Christ. As we close, how do we ex execute this authority? I wanna share three quick thoughts uh, of what are some keys I've discovered in my life. Because I've discovered it's one thing to have the authority, but we've got to put it on. That policeman has the uniform in their closet, but they've got to put it on. So what can you and I do in that one area of your life right now that you need Jesus to move? Number one is to believe. Faith. The key to unlocking the power of God in your life and my life is our faith. That's the key. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 4, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through what? Through our faith. So when we face a challenge, because we're going to, Jesus made it clear, life will not be perfect. He says when tribulations come, not if. When they come against us as believers, we have to ask ourselves a question. We face this sickness. We face the prodigal away from God. We, we face this financial pressure. But we've got to ask ourselves, do I truly believe that my God is greater than this? Do I truly believe that God is greater than every sickness and every disease? I'm not looking to myself. I'm looking to Jesus. How do we believe? Because it can be so hard, right? Let's be real. This is great to hear on a Sunday sermon. But when we're in the doctor's office and we get a report, that's when it's hard. And it's hard for everyone, whether you're a pastor, a teacher, like whoever we are in this room, it's, it can be challenging. What's the key? We need to get a word from God. Where does our faith come from? Our faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So for that battle you're facing right now, what has God said about it? For that room that has contention in your life, whether you're knocking on that room of healing, whether you're knocking on that room of freedom, when you're knocking on that room of deliverance, what has God said to you about it? And as you stand up today on the inside and say, I refuse this thing anymore, I command it to go. What is your car? What has God said? And, and I want you to exercise that. Number two, speak to command. Matthew 16, 19 says there's Jesus speaking again. Guys, this is so powerful. Melbourne, hear these words from the Bible. Matthew said this, but Jesus was speaking. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
just to press pause there, that means Jesus doesn't have them anymore. He has given them to us. He requires us to do something with those keys to bring breakthrough. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Oh man, the power of Jesus Christ in us, of the Holy Spirit in us, but we need to loose and we need to bind. I don't know about you, I don't know how to do that without my mouth. I can't think, mm, I need to speak, right? Jesus said, speak to the mountain. He didn't say complain about the mountain. He didn't say ruminate about the mountain. He didn't say consider, no, he said speak and then it will be moved. So what does this look like in our life? As I'm contending at that door of healing and I'm saying, hey, by the finished work of Jesus, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. You, we get it in our mouth and I say, in the name of Jesus. What's that? That's the authority of Christ. Not me. In the name of Jesus, I bind this sickness and I loose the power of God over my life to heal my body. What does this look like in our life? We have contention around our finances and we're we're at the door saying Jesus has made a way to break poverty. I say, in the name of Jesus, I bind poverty and I loose the provision of God. We declare with our mouth, we believe God. And when Jesus ever confronted an evil spirit, he didn't say, do you know that woman with the issue of blood? Oh, can you please leave that body? Jesus didn't try to negotiate you know what I'm saying? That, that policeman probably don't, oh, truck driver, can you please stop? <laughs> Pancake. Don't get pancaked by the enemy. How? We've got to command. Jesus commanded the spirits to get out of people. And you and I have that same authority. In the name of Jesus, I bind it and I loose this. And the authority of Jesus flows. And as I finish, the third thought is act. We've got to act. We've got to take steps of faith. This has happened so many times in my life. I've been needing breakthrough. I've been at a door believing and, I'm, and I've heard the Word of God and I'm declaring the Word of God, but the breakthrough isn't coming. But Jesus has asked me, take this step, Daniel. Take this step. And often in the step of faith, God moves powerfully through our life. What is that step you need to take here today? I love Reinhard Bonnke. He said, Jesus doesn't sit with sitters. Jesus doesn't sleep with sleepers but Jesus will go with goers. And often as we take a step of faith, Jesus takes as many steps as he needs to, to bring the answer. When David faced Goliath, he didn't wait for Goliath to come to him. David looked Goliath in the eye and ran at his giant. And, he, and man, God came through. Can we all stand to our feet here on the Sunshine Coast? Melbourne East, can you stand to your feet? If you're watching at home today, just, just get in a position to receive. Can I ask everyone here today, just right now, one last time again, think of that area that you need the Lord's authority in to break through. Think of that, what is it in your life right now? And I am telling you, something is about a shift in the name of Jesus. You will leave different to how you came. And it might not be different physically, but I'm telling you in the spirit, things are about to shift. The power of the Holy Spirit is in this room here and now. It is in Melbourne here and now. But before we pray, I wanna ask you, what stood out to you here today? What's your next step?
Maybe for some of us, it's to believe. Just uh, with our eyes closed as you're reflecting with the Holy Spirit in both locations. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what is my next step out of this message? Is it to believe again? Has your faith dropped in, an er- in that area of your life and you need to get the Word of God in your heart and let your faith rise? Maybe for others of us here, it's to speak. Maybe you've just dropped the sword of the Spirit and, and you've dropped the declaring and commanding. If that's your next step, I encourage you, as of tomorrow, begin to declare again. Or lastly, is there a step of faith you need to take, friend? I know it can be scary, but you'll just know right here and now the Holy Spirit has a next step for you to take. And can I encourage you, don't put it off any longer. Go home today and take that step. And tomorrow, take that step. And your step, God will move. So right now, what we're gonna do, in a moment, both here and in Melbourne, uh, we're gonna open the altar. Can I just ask our ministry prayer team, both locations, can you come to the altar? There's a fourth thing you and I can do, and it is to agree. There is so much power when two people agree. And so what we're gonna do, and I know God is gonna move. This is up to you, but I encourage you, don't miss out on this opportunity for God to move in your life by stepping out on the altar. And we're gonna just, I'm gonna invite you to come down the front, uh, meet with a a leader or a, a prayer partner, and just say, this is the area of my life I'm believing God for. And they're gonna pray with you. And I'm telling you, things are gonna shift in the name of Jesus. So in a moment, our worship team are gonna play. I'm gonna hand back to Toby. Right now, Toby, I'll hand back to you. Love you, Melbourne. God bless you.